Welcome, you miserable ingrates. Welcome to the You Deserve Better podcast, a show by estranged kids for estranged kids. I'm your host, The Other Son. We are here to share stories about healing from childhood trauma, often undiscovered until later in life. When I had my own awakening experience just a few years ago and discovered others going through what I'd been through, it was the first time I really felt less alone, the first time I really felt understood, the first time to have that empowering validation that we're not the crazy ones. Today, to share their story with us, we are joined by Janet. Janet, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Let's begin with your gender identity, please. I am female. And let's get right into when you realized about your childhood trauma, which, again, it's, it's late in life for a lot of folks. How old were you when you had that realization, and, and how did that come about? Was it sudden or gradual for you? It was a mixture of sudden and gradual, because I feel as if I, I've one of those kids who like grew up kind of committing everything to memory. I, I did have a really good kind of like memory for a lot of things. And there were a lot of like memories I, I accumulated along the way of like that didn't really make sense. But you kind of like file it away. You go on with life right. um, and you just kind of like sit with this um, kind of like discomfort, not really like right. looking at it. Right, right. So that was my gradual buildup um, until I think it was like I was 39 and I was at this point in my life where it was a bit strange because I, I was finding almost like surrogate parental figures like people that I looked at and kind of and 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 saw like I wish my mom was like you and then when I kind of like um, put myself under their wing and started getting um abused by them like verbally abused and and treated almost the same way like my mom had treated me i started wondering it's like wait a second i'm no longer the child i was and i'm not sure whether getting this treatment um as an adult is really sitting right with me and I was age 39, I was going through this with uh, a coworker, you know, someone who was my, actually my superior. Um, I was going through this, this experience of, this was someone I had seen as a mother figure, but now was getting all this kind of like verbal abuse. Oh, that's difficult and in I, the workplace I, too. That's, oh, geez. Yeah, and, and sad to say that it's, I, I found myself in an environment where it was so normalized that I had to go to, a friend from a different culture and like explained to her my situation as, and I asked her, cause I was really that clueless at that time. It's like, I was asking her, hey, is this emotional abuse? Does it count as emotional abuse? You know, getting yelled at and trapped in a room. I've been physically trapped in, in a room um, and yelled at for something like four hours. Cause I, I remember, yeah, <laughs> I remember. I, I, that, that's how deep, trying to, yeah. Yeah, that's how that's how much I've been brainwashed. That's mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how you know how how blind I had been, because I remember looking at my watch. It's like eleven. I can still catch lunch, and then the next time I looked at it, because I was being released, it was like close to four, four o'clock. You know, I, um, I just want to jump in real quick. That reminds me just of, of a sure. memory from my childhood, where uh, when I was a young kid and they were sending me to Catholic school, and I was having all these behavioral problems in school. You know, talking out of turn, and I realized now. This was attention-seeking behavior that I was never getting the attention from my mother. But anyways, at the time, there was there was uh, we were going to have a meeting about my behavior problem. And I remember early in the morning before classes started that there was a conference. And it was me 
at the table, both my parents, who were taking time off of work to be there, all my teachers, and the school principal. And the topic of conversation is, what are we going to do about my behavior problem? And I remember being in that room, and nobody was on my side. Every adult in my life, every authority figure in my life was at that table, all ganged up on little me. And it's one of those things that seemed normal back then. And now I realize, geez, where was my advocate? Who was supposed to be on my team? And when you're talking about this meeting where you're being berated like that, it just reminds me mm-hmm. of that. You know, where's my advocate? You know, this is not right to be all to be like this. Yeah. And I think you you said uh, there were a few keywords you said there that I can really connect with, like, you know, not having an advocate by your side. And maybe like when you have so many authority figures kind of like ganging up on you, mm-hmm. you you do feel, you know, because the numbers are so large and they're all against you that you're the one at fault. And that was pretty much the culture I, I grew up with where, you know, it's like all the authority figures, all your seniors, all your superiors were usually the ones who are right. And so I, I had... Don't even question I, I almost it. Had, Don't had, even question it. They're godlike when you're a kid like that. Exactly. And sometimes it's like, it's part of that that education system you go through where you're not supposed to like question your betters. You're not supposed to like question. Well, that's a whole other topic. Older now we can, than you. Right. Now we can talk about <laughs> education and so forth. Yes. Yes, of course. But, but yeah, so, but I, so I, I mean, I was deep in that back to when you were with um, your coworker then, and was this sort of the breakthrough moment where, where you sort of made that connection then to childhood and what was going on then? Yeah, because I had, I had consciously, treated her as this kind of like replacement mother figure and now that I was like really getting it um you know getting that verbal abuse and where she was blaming me for how things were not going right you know the business wasn't running and she was putting everything only on my head when I was like hang on a second some of the decisions had been made by you and I was just you know just following orders um, but it was all falling down to me. And I, I really had that moment of, I don't think how I'm being treated is right. But then some of the things that I was responsible for, maybe I had messed it up enough that I deserved like four hours of getting yelled at. So that was no, no really that. like, no one deserves that. And, and you, I know that now. Yeah. Right. You, you talk about mother figure. So I, I'm guessing that in your childhood that, that your mother has been the more the toxic parent, I guess. Well, what, what is it like your mother, father? What was that dynamic like? Um, it, it was easy to kind of single out my mother um, as the, like the only toxic parent. But actually what I would say was that both of them were toxic, but my mom was more present. Um, so. I mean, I, I guess it's it's kind of common sometimes with your your uh, with fathers being kind of like the main wage earner in the household, and that was the the case in my family where my father was a workaholic, and sometimes he had jobs which um, sent him traveling right. for weeks at a time. So my, my father the main had a traveling kind of, job too, and he was often absentee. So I, I'm feeling you on that. Yeah. They were, yeah. they were divorced, when, but he was often out of town and didn't even do his weekend. So anyways, please continue. Right. So so here 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 was one parental figure that was usually like kind of not there. And then when they came back, it's almost like, is this a blessing or a curse? Because now they're just back and, and kind of yelling all the time. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they're you're walking on eggshells around them. So that was a situation with my dad. And in some ways, maybe because, you know, he 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 had so much stress from work. I kind of like gave him that that excuse or that defense, you know, I would right. defend his his behavior. Right. Whereas it was harder to do that with my mom, who was 
more present and yet neglectful at the same time. I mean, I'll, I, I don't know whether, I, I, I feel as if maybe being Gen X, and like I'm, I'm in my 40s, um, there was this almost like normalcy around being ignored by your parents. Um, yes. So I... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And these are generational things. Yeah. Uh, certainly within families, I, I agree with you, you know, that, that bad parental behaviors are passed down. But there's also cultural things and the idea that, uh, yeah. you know, oh, it was fine for us back then. And, you know, corporal abuse. Uh, sometimes you watch movies from not even that long ago. I feel like, you know, some, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s. And there's some moments that may kind of make me cringe like oh that that was that was normalized enough that we would try to make a joke about that in a movie and now it's like geez that's you know i mean it seems so obvious now it's almost like with my denial things that i didn't see my whole <laughs> life that now there's just this clarity um what are some yeah. examples from your childhood do you have, can you think of some specific things that this is something that was normal in my household thought it was normal and then later when i realized about my trauma i can see that oh wow that really is dysfunctional that wasn't right Oh, I, I, I have so many things. I think it was, um, it's often the small things, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I felt as if I, I wasn't able to get my mom's attention most of the time. Um, and, and it was, it, it was so bad that I do remember sometimes like when she started, um, to interact with other adults, cause she was in, in some ways it was kind of strange. Like she was a very social person. She would be seeking people, to be on the phone with, or she'd be seeking people to, to visit and then she'll take me along. But in all these cases, I just felt ignored. And so I, I know I developed this, this strange kind of like, it, it sounds oh, like she was using you like going... an accessory, like you were a purse or something, <laughs> yeah. you know, like she exactly. would bring you out when she wanted to look like a mother and other times she could just put you back in the box and I don't need you today kind of thing. Completely. You, you captured it. Like you just hit the nail on the head. Like I only felt visible when we were going outside because all of a sudden other people would acknowledge me and then she would have to almost like acknowledge me and bring me into the fold as well. Like there was no interaction between us when we were alone at home, but if we were going out and we were meeting, you know, people that she, right. she wanted to see and she wanted to demonstrate, Hey, I'm such a good, like, right. if there was a mom that I knew, uh, at home and there was a mom that I knew uh, that acted very differently um, outside the of house other people. outside the house absolutely night and day difference uh, something else that I realized myself about my mother the, the way she would tear into me at home just mm -hmm. you know, shrieking at me but she would never do yeah. that in public never in public would that happen and I didn't really make that connection before and yes just an entirely different person outside the apartment uh, in, ju in just a number of ways. But yeah, that's a big narcissist mother trait is, is, you know, just, just wait till we get home uh, kind of thing. Right. And, and uh, see, seem normal at the time, but yeah, uh, behind closed doors. Cause when you're little kids, you're not comparing notes with other kids, you know, Hey, does your parent do this? Does your parent do that? You just assume, you know, this is what life is like for everybody until I had this, you know, sort of, sort of shaken awake uh, myself a few years ago. Um, so uh, I like to close on an up note and uh, mm -hmm. let's talk about something positive in your life and frankly you sound great by the way well actually before we get to that let me ask are you estranged yeah. are you estranged and if so how long what's the details of that are you low contact estranged um so i'm no contact i'm nc and mm -hmm. um if i think back about how long it's been it's been about two and a half years bravo and it, bravo it, thank you i mean that's that's about the time i i moved out but i i had my my you know, by the time I kind of like saw through them, <laughs> I, I actually like I had a career change and went studying psychotherapy, just trying to make sense of, you know, my my childhood, 
um, and my parents because both of them just were, you know, really toxic in their behavior. So yeah, it's, it's I, I had that uncomfortable period for a while of, you know, coming into the information of just how dysfunctional and how um, not normal that that upbringing was and then needing to heal it and going to all the therapists but not being able to quite like separate yourself 100 percent yet right. um so that that actually took um something like quite a few years before yeah two and a half years ago when i was able to move out i it, it was 100 percent cut and it felt as if all the therapy that i'd done wasn't complete until that that like that that suffering of that tie oh oh i um, i, I it's, it sounds so wonderful i imagine like this heavenly pair of scissors just coming down out of the clouds <laughs> and just snipping that tie it's like you're singing on the top of the mountain like sound of music the hills are alive it just sounds wonderful the way you portray it like that it's great it's great. I mean, I, I feel as if, if there was a, a movie trip, I'd laugh if I saw that, but it was actually a bit more harrowing. And I think you and I both know that there is a lot of guilt. There is a lot of self-doubt. There is a lot of like that, that hypervigilance of looking over your shoulder. Like, have I really left it behind? But not all the time. And I think, not all the time. Yeah. There's, there's bad days. Yeah, occasionally. But yeah. there's a lot more good days, I feel like, than bad days now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade in a second to go back to the deluded life Thanks. I was living uh, you know, before all this. It, it gets so much better. If, if like, if I can leave of anything, I just want to tell people that it gets so much better because I know that, that kind of that doubt and, and, you know, um, in, especially in this, uh, in, in the culture I'm from, it's, it's not the thing to do. It's, it's almost like you're not allowed to, to save yourself because there's so many kind of like family expectations right um right. You, it's you still know, very taboo you, still very taboo and even more yeah. so we're, we're in in other cultures than uh than some cultures even more so uh but you know i gotta tell you i feel i feel like there's a little bit of a shift i feel like it's starting to come out of the shadows a bit uh with the success of uh, some other books and some other uh, yeah you, you know i just i feel like the you know, the stigma is starting to come off a little bit and and i'm hopeful for that because it's still awkward for me when I'm meeting somebody brand, <laughs> brand new and the question comes, which is a reasonable question. Oh, tell me about your family. Uh, you know, and, and then it's like, you know, uh, right. how, how, you know, there's no really short way to just say, yeah, well, I haven't spoken to them in years. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, I mean, you can't you know, just so. So I, I totally understand. But I, I feel like I feel like like things are turning around. So, so hopefully that's going yeah, to be the case. I, I agree with that. I do appreciate like the community. Um, that that kind of like facilitated us finding each other right. in the community group, that you're building around this me. podcast, right? Because it is like it is it does make such a difference to find other people going through the same thing and having this safe space to talk about it, um, as opposed to I think what we all kind of fear meeting someone that we're not very familiar with is like how is our family story or estrangement story going to be uh, received? And as you said, I do detect a shift as well, maybe faster in some places than others um but i I think you know those people who are speaking up we're we're part of that shift um yeah so i I was really back on that mountain hills are alive we're we're part of that shift we're leading the charge there you go there you go well i i asked to wrap up on an up note and i really couldn't have done much better than that uh janet this was fantastic speaking with you today i can't tell you how much i appreciate you coming on the show Uh, it was a lot of fun and uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon, okay? 
Okay. All right. And thank you for joining us. If you've taken something away from this show, then you can support it by sharing with your friends. The You Deserve Better podcast has a Facebook group. We'd love to see you there. And by all means, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you'd like to be on the show, drop us a line at udbpodcastrules at gmail. you got to do the little fist bump when you say udbpodcastrules at gmail. I am the other son. Let them burn their eyes on you.